The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. And now, the president of Apple, Steve Jobs. Hello, everyone. I'm here to announce a new product that will once again revolutionize the way we use our phones and tablet devices. Let's hear it for our volunteers. These three people have agreed to be brought here, handcuffed to these beds, and become the prototype of our first truly interface device. The first what? They have actually agreed to be surgically altered. Their lips will be removed, and they will be sewn together mouth to anus. What? You agree to this, mouth to anus, so that the feces from the gastral tract from one will enter the mouth of the little boy, and he agreed this was okay, Enter the mouth of the little boy, leading through his anus to the mouth of the female, who completely agreed, they all agreed, which will then go to a tablet device, making a product that is part human and part centipede and part web browser and part emailing device. I give you the human centipad. Oh, I should have never updated the iTunes. Welcome to another episode of HTM Tech, brought to you by the HTM Podcast Network. Also in association with Microplay in Brantford, Ontario, Canada. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching at the HTM Tech Pod. To listen to the podcast, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all those other podcasters out there as well. As always, I am Big Joe, and another week has come and gone in the world of technology. As you heard in our intro there, course using another clip from our good folks at south park poking fun at apple steve jobs the ipad basically they create this crazy human centipede ipad-ish type thing all because these people just didn't want to check the itunes terms and conditions and find out what was really going on in that now that's something that i haven't really done in a long time and (laughs) it does make me wonder it's like jesus like what am I agreeing to in this thing? I mean, I wouldn't suspect Apple of any kind of malicious stuff, but uh, after this episode, I wonder, I wonder. <laughs> and to kind of kick things off here, as per listener suggestion, people are curious what I a, watch every week and what I play every week when it comes to video games. So first up, for what I've been watching this week, and actually for the last little while, I am right in the midst of watching one of my favorite television shows of all time. I am going through season two of 24. And if you have not watched 24, and if you're a fan of dramatic, action-packed television, you're in for a treat. This is some of the best that the show is no longer going, of course. But uh, like I said, I'm in the midst of season two, and the best way I can kind of describe the experience watching this show, it is binge worthy to say the very least once you it's kind of like eating a bag of lay's potato chips folks once you start eating you can't eat just one and when it comes to season two of of the the tv show 24 you can't just watch one episode i find when i put the stuff on with this show in particular i'm watching two three four five six episodes sometimes um 
is fantastic. I don't want to really give away any stuff. I mean, we're way, way, way beyond past uh, spoilers and whatnot because the show has been off the air for a long time. But uh, do yourself a favor and, and check the show out. It's it's like a roller coaster ride, just in the way that the, the storyline is. Everything just kind of Ingram. The, the people who wrote this show were geniuses. Let me just put it that way. All the storylines make sense. Everything's cohesive. Things tie together. There's people that you don't expect to be bad, and people you don't expect to be good. And sometimes things switch, and it just it's oh, it keeps you on your toes. It's just it's it's everything that you want in a in a in a TV show. It just in it. Uh, I've watched the majority of uh, the seasons of the show and none of them have been disappointing, so you can't really go wrong. Now, when it comes to games, right now what I'm playing on the Xbox One X, I am in the midst of playing, and this is the third game in this franchise, I am playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which was brought to us by the good folks at Square Enix and developed by Crystal Dynamics right here in Canada. And... Like I said, third game in this franchise, and it's been absolutely fantastic. The gameplay is awesome. The game looks fantastic, especially if you're like me and you get to play on a 4K TV. It looks and sounds incredible. Just do yourself a favor if you like the kind of uncharted, kind of third-person action adventure type of video game. You're in for a treat. It's absolutely great. Just do yourself a favor and go pick it up. These games aren't all expensive now, too. It's been out for a little while, so... You probably find it for probably about thirty bucks somewhere, and well worth it in my opinion. Right now, for our main topic here, I have to give credit to my usual co-host, Mister Money Mike, who is on a bit of a hiatus right now, but he did pick up on this article. So thanks, Mike, for for sharing this with me. And basically, what this is is they have this is right from Microsoft, their Xbox site, uh, confirmed some specs, some specifications of what uh, their next generation console, specifically the Xbox Series X and some of the details here. So I'm going to kind of run through some of the stuff. It's pretty impressive here, folks. So basically here, compared to the previous generation, Xbox Series X represents a superior balance of power and speed in console design. Advancing on all technological technological fronts to deliver amazing dynamic living worlds and minimize any aspects that can take you out of the experience. Our job at Team Xbox is to give teams the tools they need to achieve their ambitions and to tap into the console's power and efficient with efficiency, a few of which we're detailing here today. Raw power is just part of the story. Okay, so let's go through the things that they told us about here. So the next generation custom processor, which is the, the chip, the main thing that's running this thing here. Xbox Series X is our most powerful console ever. Powered by our custom designed processor, leveraging AMD's latest Zen 2 and RDNA 2 architectures, delivering four times the processing power of an Xbox One. Four times. That's, that's pretty impressive. Enabling developers to lev- leverage 12 teraflops of GPU, that's graphics processing unit performance, twice that of the Xbox One X, and more than eight times the original Xbox One. Xbox Series X delivers a true generational leap in processing and graphics power with cutting-edge techniques resulting in higher frame rates, larger, more sophisticated game worlds, and an immersive experience unlike anything ever seen in console gaming. So that's pretty impressive. 12 teraflops now. You may be wondering what a teraflop is, and I, I was actually kind of wondering this myself, and uh, I wasn't uh, 
uh, kind of up on this. So I, I looked it up and uh, essentially what a teraflop, we'll, we'll break it up into the two parts. Uh, tera means trillion and flops basically means floating point operations per second. That just means computational operations that the processor is going through. So 12 teraflops equals 12 trillion floating point operations per second that this processor is going to do. Let me repeat that again just in case you misheard me because I didn't say it wrong. 12 trillion operations per second that this processor is going to be able to do. That is pretty goddamn impressive in my opinion. <clears throat> Next up on uh, the stuff that they revealed here, variable rate shading. Uh, I, they're calling this VRS, which I, I'm not sure what this is, so I'm, I'm kind of learning this for the first time here. Our patent form of VRS empowers developers to more efficiently utilize the full power of this Xbox Series X rather than spending GPU cycles uniformly to every single pixel on the screen. They can prioritize individual effects on specific game characters or important environmental objects. This technique results in more stable frame rates and higher resolution with no impact on the final image quality. Interesting. Uh, next up, hardware accelerated direct X ray tracing. That is a mouthful. Uh, you can expect more dynamic and realistic environments powered by hardware accelerated direct X ray tracing. A first for console gaming. This means true to life lighting, accurate reflections, and realistic acoustics in real time as explore the game world. Interesting. <clears throat> so, some other stuff here SSD storage. So they're essentially going away from the regular old spinning hard drives. It's going to be all solid state storage. Uh, with our next generation solid state storage, nearly every aspect of playing games is improved. Game worlds are larger, more dynamic, and load in a flash and fla fast travel is just that fast. Interesting. Uh, quick resume. Uh, the new quick resume feature lets you continue multiple games from a suspended state almost instantaneously, returning to where you were and where you, what you were doing without waiting through long loading screens. Interesting. That's a very cool thing. Um, dynamic latency output, or sorry, dynamic latency input, uh, DLI. Uh, we're optimizing latency in the player-to-console pipeline, starting with our Xbox wireless controller which leverages our high bandwidth proprietary wireless communication protocol when connected to the console. With dynamic latency input, a new feature which synchronizes input immediately with what is displayed controls are even more precise and responsive. Interesting. So that basically means that they're lessening the uh, latency from when you push the button to what happens. So that's interesting because I figured that was almost basically down to nothing already. Uh, next up, HDMI 2.1. This is interesting. Um, we've partnered with the HDMI forum and TV manufacturers to enable the best gaming experience through features such as auto low latency mode and variable refresh rate. ALLM allows Xbox One and Xbox Series X to automatically set the connected display to its lowest latency mode. VRR synchronizes the display's refresh rate to the game's frame rate, maintaining smooth visuals without tearing, ensuring minimal lag and the most responsive gaming experience. Interesting. Um, and then finally here, with 
120 frames per second support uh, with support for up to 120 frames per second Xbox Series X allows developers to exceed standard 60 frames per second output in favor of heightened realism and fast-paced action 126 frames per second that is wow that is I thought 60 frames per second was fast and they're going to be doubling that with this that's going to make for very precise and very exacting gameplay that's uh that's pretty damn impressive so yeah some bits of information about what this console is going to be capable of and uh, i guess pretty goddamn impressive they're they're doing quite a bit with this uh, the playstation folks have uh their work cut out for them when it comes to this i gotta say all right next up i have a couple more apple related questions that i've gotten in the span of the week since uh, the last episode here um, the first one is, will Apple ever make an actual television? And this is something that I originally was kind of for and thought it would be pretty interesting. But then when I think of how they kind of go about things and what this could be and the size of it and whatnot, I think that just price-wise, it would probably be out of the range of most consumers. It would end up being kind of like a pro-type thing that just wouldn't be that big of a seller then the market would be pretty small and it's so i i don't know it's a tough thing they already do a apple tv box that hooks up to other televisions so i don't know it's that's always been a big question mark is if apple would actually get into the actual television set business or not it's interesting but i think that for what it is, I think price-wise, it would be a tough sell, honestly, at this point. And uh, the next one that I've gotten this week also is an interesting one, and it comes and it's about game consoles. And the rest again is Apple going to make a game console? And honestly, I got to just say flat up no, because you can already game on all of their platforms. Or you can game on the Mac, not the best uh, platform for gaming, but you can also game on your iPad. You can game on your phone. You can game on the Apple TV. They already have a bunch of things that play that play games, and their last foray into game consoles because they did do it uh, quite a ways back. I believe it was in the early '90s with the the Pippin, and it was a disaster. And I, I just don't see them making a standalone gaming device when you can already basically game on everything that they have, with the exception of the Apple Watch. Um, because the screen would be too small and it just wouldn't make sense. But you can literally play on everything else, so I just don't see them doing it because there's just frankly is no reason to, folks. Just You can already play games on everything. You don't need to make something separate. I just don't think that uh, it would sell all that well on top of it. <clears throat> all right, guys, I'm going to take a quick break here and come back with our tech tip of the week to kind of wrap things up here. So we'll be right back. This week's episode is brought to you by Microplay, located right here in Brant Frontier, Canada, located at 265 King George Road. Visit Chris and the gang for all of your video game needs. All right, guys, Big Joe back here on HTM Tech. Now, to wrap things up for this week here, I have a tech tip that is kind of a revisit of one that we've already touched on before, but it has come up in questions that I've been asked again recently, so I figured I'd bring it up again. It is a little bit more specific this time in dealing with computer screens and specifically you know, desktop uh, displays, or if you're like me, if you have an iMac, the all, all-in-one type of display display. Uh, Apple's not the only one that does that. Dell and lots of other companies make all-in-one desktop computers that's all in one box with the exception of the keyboard and the mouse, which are usually separate. And cleaning these screens, and it's something I think that 
people kind of overthink when it comes to this. And the biggest and simplest tip I can give when it comes to this, microfiber cloth is your best friend when it comes to this. You don't want to use really anything else, regular cloths or anything like that, or just, especially if you have dirt on your screen, you're just, you're going to scratch your screen with basically anything with, with microfiber, just the way it's designed, the, the material on the cloth itself, just make cleaning screens much easier. And just the risk of scratching your screen is virtually non-existent with this. You don't need to use any harsh chemicals. Even water is usually unnecessary unless you've left it for a little while. But just if you need to, a little bit of room temperature water, if there's some grime or some buildup on the screen itself, you can use a little bit of water. But anything else, you're going to cause some actual damage to the screen if you go with any of these kind of chemical cleaners. Uh, there are some that are specifically for they're basically like wipes for cleaning screens and whatnot. Those are those are okay. Uh, just double check to see exactly what's in the stuff. Make sure that it's not intended for anything else. If it's something that actually says, you know, like technology or screen cleaner or stuff like that, then you'll probably be okay. But I'm just proponent of just microfiber with a little bit of water if you have to. That's really all you got to do to keep these screens clean. Do it once a week. Uh, at the, the the very least, just to, to keep on it. So if you start building up, like with anything, if you build up dirt or anything, it becomes harder to clean the longer that you let it go. So just once a week, microfiber, cross that puppy, and you're good to go, folks. That's all you need to do. Very simple. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap it up for this week, a little bit of a quicker episode. But before we do go, just want to make a couple shout-outs. At the beginning of our episodes, of course, you notice I play a lot of South Park clips. Make sure that you guys go over to the Hami Media Group and check out the Suck My Balls podcast with Matthew Schaffer Gage and Ian over there. I was a guest on that show recently. It was fantastic. They've been going through every episode of South Park. I think they're up to episode 10 on the first season. Absolutely fantastic show. Make sure and go and check them out over there. As well as coming up this coming week on Turnbuckle Talk, Carl and myself are going to be joined by the editor-in-chief of thegorillaposition.com, Ryan Bowman, to talk about AEW's Revolution pay-per-view and some of the stuff as well. So it's going to be fun to have Ryan back on the podcast. Okay. We're going to wrap things up here for this week with some music, as we always do. And this one is a fun one for me. As I mentioned before, you guys know that I'm a big fan of 80s new wave type of music. And this is specifically from the very first episode of Miami Vice. It's one of these ones that just the nostalgia factor for myself is to the riff with this. It was one of the first songs I can kind of remember hearing as I was a very young child uh, seeing Miami Vice on TV. And um, so I get enough with this one here. This is from Glenn Fry. The song is called You Belong to the City. And we'll see you guys on the next one.
Taste it.